Hi everyone, thank you for being here today. I'm Pastor Jared, welcome to Renewal Church. So before we get started today, we have one piece of business that's very important. I would love for you to go ahead and take out your phone, go ahead and do that now, and the card that you were handed when you got here today, because I need you to check into the service. So when you check in, you'll get next steps for the service, you'll get lyrics, you'll get teaching notes and all that kind of stuff. But even more importantly, we are working really hard to make sure we stay within the city's safety guidelines for outdoor meetings. And when you check in, that's just a first name and an email address. It helps us stay within those guidelines. So please take a second and do that now. Also, I've heard, I've heard that if you check in, Jesus will give you abs. So go, go ahead and do that now. Um, today we're starting a brand new teaching series called Relationship Status. Just believing that God wants us to have healthy relationships in our lives and looking at biblical wisdom for that. But first we're going to have a couple songs. Hey, let me, let me pray to start the service today. Don't always do that. Let's pray and then we'll dig in. God, I pray that... Um, I pray that you will help us to have healthy relationships, that we can love other people well, and we can receive love from other people well, so that this world is a better place, so that our lives look more like Jesus, and that you can love people through us. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Dusty? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the park. <laughs> uh, for everybody joining online, also welcome. Thanks for joining. Um, share the link, spread the love, and uh, let's worship. How could I be lost when you have called me found? 
chase me down, seek me out. How could I be lost when you would call me found? Chase me down, seek me out. How could I be lost when you call me found? Like a tired wave crashing over me, rushing into me, me here. Your love is fierce, like a hurricane that I can't escape. Through the atmosphere, your love is fierce. Your love is fierce. Your love is fierce. Man. So this this next song we're gonna sing is um, it's called "Be Thou My Vision," and when I was thinking about um, this new sermon series that Pastor Jared started about relationships and healthy relationships, I thought this song was really applicable because. So we're asking in this song we're asking God to be our vision. When we see the people around us, the relationships that we have around us, the circumstances that we're in through our, our eyes, we're just seeing these people through our, our own human perspective, our own human eyes. But when we ask God to be our vision, we start to see the people around us with his eyes and with his heart. We start to see the circumstances that we're in through his perspective. And it really changes the way that we live life. So this morning, I'd encourage everybody, if you want to see the world through God's eyes. Ask him when we're singing this song, God, show me your heart for people. Give me your eyes to see the people that are around me, to understand the circumstances that I'm going through. All else to 
circumstances that we're going through with your vision as well. God, in Jesus' name, amen. Judith, you want to come up? Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. My name is Judith, and I am your host. If you have not done so already, if you can, please take out your phones. We are asking everyone to please check into the service. 
All that is required is your name and your email address. We're asking this because we want to make sure we stay within the guidelines the city has set for us. You will also receive a free gift sent to your email once you have registered. If you're new or newish to renewal, I want to invite you to our Next Steps experience. It is happening today after this service. You'll be able to have the opportunity to talk with Pastor Jared, meet a couple new people as well, and um, talk with um, and get to hear more information about our groups and how you can also get involved. Also, there is a ton of free stuff and swag that we are wanting to give away. We are ready even if you have not registered as well. So please meet us at the orange tent after the service. And lastly, we're going to kick off our community group event after the service on, on September 27th. If you want more information, please respond back after you checked in with the word groups. Next, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you've allowed us to meet here in this beautiful common. Please be with us as we listen to Pastor Jared's message on relationship statuses. I pray that you will allow us to heed his words. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Judith. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here today. My name is Jared Kirk, lead pastor of Renewal Church. And if you haven't checked in, go ahead and take a second and do that for us. If you haven't figured out, that's a little bit important for us as we try to stay safe and have a fun service too and follow the city's guidelines for that. So uh, today after the service is Next Steps. I'm going to be there. We've created it with you in mind, a chance to meet a few other people because church is just tough when you don't know anybody. Um, you know, it's sort of like, why not watch online? So meet some people, get your questions answered, and that will be right after the service. You can check in with Nicole. Um, she's running it, that's Nicole actually, at the Orange Tent. So today we're starting a new series about relationships because two reasons. Number one, God invites us to love him and love other people. Jesus, when Jesus talked about what's the most important thing, it was loving people. And you can't love people unless there's relationships in your life. But here's the other reason. Relationships are tough. Relationships are just hard. And every person, no matter how good of examples you had, no matter how healthy your relationships are, sometimes your relationships slip from green down to yellow, down to red. When I got married, that was about 15 years ago, for those who are keeping track, I was 21, my wife was 20. So we were pretty young and we didn't have a lot of the, I shouldn't speak for Heather, she's not here. I didn't have a lot of the tools, a lot of the resources, a lot of the skills that I needed to love her well during that time. And so that first year of marriage for us was really tough. In fact, we had the same fight like 12 times once a month, all year long that first year. I wanted to go hang out with my friends and she didn't want to get left home alone. And so I felt like, why are you holding me back? Why don't you want me to go out and have a good time? And she felt like, hey, we, why don't you want to be with your wife? Didn't you marry me so that we could spend time together? And we just had this same fight and this argument over and over and over again. And what started off as a relationship in the green after we got married and went through our honeymoon period soon slipped into a relationship in the yellow when we were just butting heads over it. Relationships are tough. And that's not just a marriage thing. When you're a single person, the friendships that you have in your life become, they're so important to who you are. And oftentimes you build closer relationships 
with other friends the longer you're single. And, and the closer you get, the more likely you are to have tension in those relationships. Anyone who's ever had a boss in their job, you know for sure that it's easy for relationships to start off green but slide into yellow or into red. We all know the pain of hard relationships and we know the joy of healthy relationships. When a relationship, when your relationship status is green, there's trust in your relationship. You believe the best about other people. When they're late, you say, oh, I know there was a good excuse for that. When your relationship status is green, people are encouraging with their words, people are pouring into you, people are lifting you up, they accept you for who you are and aren't trying to change you. It is a blessing when your relationships are, are green. But when your relationship status is yellow, whew, it starts to turn sour fast, doesn't it? The trust starts to erode. They show up a little bit late and you think, where were you? Didn't you care about what was going on here? Instead of accepting people, you start judging people silently and you think, man, they, I, I'm sure they did that because they always do that and they're always like that. The words start to have a little sarcasm and there's a little cutting in there when your relationship status is yellow. And some of you have, and I would, I would say probably all of us, have the unfortunate experience of relationship statuses that sometimes slide into the red. Maybe not all of them, but one or two relationships, and you know what it's like. When a relationship status is red, the, the love is gone, the trust is gone. And when you don't understand what they're doing, you start filling in the blanks with the worst possible story and the, and the worst possible motives for them. Maybe things are being thrown. It could be words are being thrown. Past sins and mistakes are being thrown into their face. It could be actual things are being thrown. When I was, when I was younger in ministry, uh, I got called to someone's house in our church because uh, there were these two sisters and one of them threw a toaster at the other one. And luckily she missed, but the police were called. And like that's a relationship that's in the red. But even if you're not throwing things, you know what it's like to have a relationship just completely unravel and get into that red status. And it may not be with every relationship, but it can be with some. And so what we're going to talk about today is how to improve and have healthy relationships. When relationships turn yellow or red, how do we get them back into the green? Because no one has permanently green relationships. We all have to learn how to, how to get unhealthy relationships or conflict-filled relationships back into the green. Now, we're talking about this in church today because God has something to say about this that's different than anything else you can find. If you want healthy relationships, you can go online to Amazon. You can probably still go to Barnes & Noble. I think they're still open. I don't think Amazon's put them out of business yet. And you can go to the bookshelf on relationships, and here's what you'll find. You'll find advice. You'll find tricks. You'll find tips. You'll find steps. You'll find techniques. That's what the world gives. And you know what? A lot of them are good. Now, of course, there's also some really just horrendous advice out there. But there's also some really good, and God, there's some good wisdom that you could put into place in your life. But God offers us something different than tips, tricks, techniques, and life hacks. God offers us a person, Jesus. And there's something about God offering us a person that is just different than anything else you can find, anything else that this world offers. But I think for so many of us, the dots have never been connected in our minds between what it means that God gave us a person, Jesus, and the healthy relationships we have in our life. I was talking to a neighbor on my street, uh, this was just a couple weeks ago, who grew up in church. She went to church every single week of her life, and she had to go through all the classes and do all the things, and she got the certificate, and there was a cake, and there was a party at the end of it. But she said, it never made any difference in my life. No one had ever connected the dots between what it means that God gives us a person 
and healthy relationships. And this is so transformative for you because when you get this, it's not a promise that tomorrow all your relationships are just going to magically improve, but it is this sort of deep work that God does down deep in your soul so that over time you end up with healthier and healthier relationships because God gives us a person. So if you're following along in a Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'm going to share with you a passage of scripture that's really, quite frankly, not about relationships. But what it is, is what it is about is a group of people who were looking for something from God. They were looking for wisdom. They were looking for philosophy. They were looking for signs or miracles. And God gave them something totally different. He gave them a person and why that is so transformative. So let's see if we can't read the passage and then connect the dots. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. It says, where is the wise person? Where's the teacher of the law? Where's the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. All right, now a couple of things I want to point out about this text. And the first thing is so blindingly obvious, I don't want to skip over it. The first thing is that Jesus forgives you. Now, in the, in the passage that we're looking at today, it was written by a guy named Paul. He was from Tarsus. He, also he was also called Saul because he would switch back and forth between Jewish audiences and Greek audiences, and he had a different name for each one. When he came to Corinth and started talking about Jesus, they were having trouble understanding his message because the Jews were looking to see a miraculous sign to prove that what he was saying was true. And the Greeks were looking for that wisdom, that philosophy. But he showed up and started talking about a person. And so it just totally broke their expectations for what they were looking for, what they thought was going to be helpful in life. And when Paul shows up and starts talking about this person, Jesus, one of the things that he talks about is that the main idea is that it says we preach Christ crucified. So he's talking about Jesus and he's talking about Jesus' death on the cross, which was for the forgiveness of sins. So in other words, Jesus forgives you. Now think about how powerful this is in your relationships. You and I both know this already. If you want good, healthy, long-term relationships, you have to forgive. You have to forgive. If you hold grudges, you can't have healthy relationships. Grudges kill relationships. Grudges turn into anger. Anger turns into bitterness. Bitterness turns into resentment, resentment and your relationships die without forgiveness. But when you have Jesus in your life, not only do you just know intellectually, okay, I should forgive people. You've experienced it in the depths of your soul. There's some, God knows everything there is to know about you even the secret hidden motivations of your heart and still forgives you anyway. And when you have an experience of how awesome that feels, you understand and now are able to give that to someone else. Receiving the forgiveness of God in your life allows you to forgive in your relationships. And we'll talk about this more in a second, but think about the power of this. Because some of us grew up in our family of origin and it wasn't a forgiving place. It wasn't a place based on grace. It was a place based on the law. And you break the rules and you receive your punishment. There wasn't a lot of forgiveness in it. So how do you get to the place if you've never experienced it where you can forgive like that? 
And God's answer is, I'm giving you a relationship. I'm giving you a person where you can experience it first so that then you've learned how to give it. So that's the first thing. Jesus forgives you. Here's the second thing I want to point out from this text. Jesus changes you deeply. You know, the other thing that's so strong in this text is that Jesus can be deeply transformative to your character. So when Jesus is in your life, you are changing as a person. The text says that Christ is the power of God. There is power for you to change as a person. And we, and this is, okay, so now let's connect the dots. Think about how important this is for healthy relationships for you to change. We all know that the fastest way to ruin a relationship or to move it from green to yellow to red is to try to change the other person. There is no quicker way to frustration than to try to change someone. In fact, oftentimes, I, maybe this has been your experience, sometimes I can't even change myself in a relationship. And I need that power to change in order to grow. And what changes me is God's unconditional love for me. What changes you is God's unconditional love for you. When you are full of God's love, you no longer are so needy in relationships. You, you ever been in a friendship with someone who was needy? You ever been in a dating relationship with someone who was needy? You ever been in a relationship and thought to yourself, you know what, I think I, I'm needy. <laughs> I think I'm the needy person here, right? One of the really reasons our relationships go wrong is we're trying to get from other people what we should only get from God. And so I need this other person to approve of me. I need this other person to accept me. I need them to encourage me. I need them to listen to me. I need, I need, I need. And relationships that are built on need crumble because they're full of unmet expectations. But when God loves you, when you are full to the brim of God's love and you get those things from God, then when you step into a relationship, you don't desperately need this person to make you whole. No, you're full of love and now you can give love to other people because you're full of God's love. And that love changes you from someone who's needy to someone who is loving. When you are full of God's love, you'll also be free from sexual immorality because you don't need sex to make you feel loved anymore. When you're full of God's love, you'll be able to be generous in your relationships, with your time, with your attention, with your money, because God has been so overwhelmingly generous to you. And that would deeply change you, and as a result, it'll change the relationships that you have in your life. All right, the, the third thing I want to point out, the first one is Jesus forgives you, then Jesus changes you deeply. Here's the third thing to point out. Jesus transforms how you think. God doesn't just give you tips and tricks for relationships. He wants to fundamentally change how you think about people, how you think about yourself, how you think about God, and how you think about your role in relationships. It says in the text that Jesus is called the wisdom of God. In that first section, it was a little, it's a little confusing. It's hard to follow the logic, but you can tell that the overarching idea is that God's wisdom is different than the world's wisdom. And, you know, the world's wisdom isn't that hard to find. For whatever reason, on my social media feeds, it's full of like self-help gurus like uh, Tony Robbins and Gary Vee, right? And the world's wisdom is easy to figure out. You got to build your following. You got to bring value. You got to hustle. You got like we, we could list it off. It's easy to figure out what the world's wisdom is. But God's wisdom is just different, different from that, and we see it in Jesus' life. You know, when Jesus showed up, he 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 didn't really care about a, a big following. He just invested in a few people. When Jesus showed up, he wasn't trying to build his brand. Jesus' way of life was loving people so much 
that he would sacrifice himself and lay down his life so that they could live. That's Jesus' way of life. That's the wisdom of God. And when that wisdom characterizes your life and your relationships, your relationship status tends to change from red to yellow to green. The crazy thing is it actually works. Imagine, uh, single people, let me speak to you for a second. Imagine if you looked for a spouse this way. Instead of thinking to yourself, let me just find someone who makes me happy. What if you said to yourself, I want to find someone whom I can happily serve for the rest of my life and who I believe will do their best to happily serve me. Man, that would be a transformative way to find someone to be in a relationship with. Not someone who's going to take advantage of me, but someone who's going to serve me as well, just as Jesus does. Jesus, with, uh, the wisdom of God is different through Jesus. Jesus articulated this in Luke chapter 9. He said, whoever wants, my, wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. That's the wisdom of God. And it, and it functions like that in relationships too. I mean, you want a dating relationship to go right? Then pick up your cross, put it on your shoulder, figure out every day it's not about me. It's about loving God and loving this other person. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be willing to die to my hopes and dreams and walk forward in service. And when the other person's doing the same thing, that's when a relationship really sings. That's when a relationship really hums. And so if you want there to be a, a resurrection in your relationships, first there has to be a death to yourself. The pattern of Jesus is the pattern of his people. If my whole life is about loving you, and I die to my own desires, I find life. So for those reasons, that's why the secret to life, the secret to healthy relationships is not tips or tricks or five easy steps, it's a person. And listen, I get it, like it would be a lot easier if you could just open up the Bible and it said five steps to healthy relationships. One, put the other person first. Two, make sure you say you're sorry when you're wrong. Three, always you know, settle your disagreements before the sun goes down. That would be easier, but God wants to offer you something so much more transformative in the core of your being so that over time, all, the, all of your relationships, the status tends to improve. Now, in just a second, I'm gonna talk about how I think we can actually put this, in, this principle into place in our relationships, whether it's with our friends, our coworkers, with that special someone, or maybe the person that you're married to. But before we do that, I wanna to talk to those of you who are here today. And you're hearing this and you've never heard the dots connected before between healthy relationships and God giving you this person of Jesus. And maybe you've, you've grown up with unhealthy relationships. Maybe you're living out those unhealthy relationships right now to the point even that you've, you've discovered something. That without God in your life, life will become hell long before you die and have to think about the real thing. And you're kind of realizing today that maybe the reason that all of your relationships have been crumbling is that you don't have God in first place in your relationships and you need that. Well, I have great news for you. God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that your sin could be forgiven. And then he rose from the dead so that you could have freedom and hope. And then he sends his Holy Spirit so that you have the power to change. Like God can, if you receive him, God will come into your life and it will change everything about your life, not just your relationships. And I'm not promising you that if you pray that prayer, that tomorrow all your relationships are gonna be perfect. That's not how it works. But God will start working in your life and will start changing you over time. 
And so today, if you feel like God is calling you towards him, at the end of the message, I'm going to pray a prayer asking Jesus to be the forgiver of my sins and the leader of my life. And maybe you need to make that prayer your prayer today. All right, let's talk a little bit about how to apply this principle into our lives. Here's what I'm going to do. It's a little different today. When you leave here, what, what I want you to do is I want you to evaluate your own life to see if Jesus is at the center of your relationships. And that's not easy to do. Um, I was talking about this earlier this week with a friend of mine about how when it comes to generosity and finances, it's actually pretty easy to figure out how to invite God into your finances. You give generously and that invites God in. But when it comes to relationships, it's just a little messier than that. There's more, there's more to it. It's more complicated than that. So how do I know if God is right at the center of my relationships? How do I know if Jesus is at the center of my relationships? And I've got three simple questions and I want to give these to you kind of as a self-evaluation. No one's, This is just for you. No one's going to see this or anything like that. It's just questions for you to think about. Here's the first question to evaluate your life to see if Jesus is at the center of your relationships. Number one, am I forgiving? Am I quick to forgive those people who have wronged me? Am I holding on to hurts and nursing them instead of letting them go? Am I bringing up old wrongs or old sins when we argue? That's one of those that I just hear all the time as a pastor. It's like, hey, when we fight, like all of these things from the past get brought up and get brought into the present. Would my closest friends and family members describe me as someone who's quick to forgive? Or am I getting bitter about hurts and wrongs? How would you rate yourself on that question? Am I forgiving? And when I was working at another church in another state, I had a coworker who was also a very close friend of mine. And our relationship started off green and then it just crumbled yellow and somehow, somewhere it got into the red. And I think it had to do with some unrealistic expectations that we put on each other. And I remember being so hurt by this guy that I did not want to forgive him. Have you ever been in that place with a relationship where you're like, I, I know in theory I should forgive this person. I just don't want to. I don't want to let it go. I want to make them, I feel like they should pay for what they did. And I just was having so much trouble letting it go. But that's really where the rubber meets the road on what it means to follow Jesus. I heard this years ago, the best definition of discipleship I've ever heard. A mature, follow, a mature disciple of Jesus is someone who effortlessly does what Jesus would do if he were in my position. And so I knew that even though I didn't want to, even though I wasn't feeling it, I had to forgive this person. And so I did one time and then every day afterwards as well, I kept making that decision. And today we have, it's been at least a decade now and we have a great relationship. Our kids play video games together all the time. Now we still have a good relationship. So am I forgiving is the first question. Here's the second question. Am I changing? Am I changing? Is there less sin in my life? Am I acting more like Jesus in my relationships at this time than I did last year? Am I full of self-control? How about this one? Are my words consistently life-giving or does sarcasm sneak into my closest relationships? Am I less manipulative in my relationships than I used to be? Am I more honest and straightforward about my desires or do I expect people to read my mind? Am I changing? When you follow Jesus over time, he changes you. It's just incredible to me. Like if I was still that version of myself that was 21 years old, Heather's life would be a living hell. It would be, it would be unbearable. 
But just over time, Jesus does that work in you. But if there's no change whatsoever in your life, it might be that you need to let Jesus into that part of your life, into your words, into your, into your decision-making, so that you can keep changing. And here's the third question. Am I loving? Are my decisions motivated by what is best for the other person? Am I believing the best about them and their intentions? When I don't understand what they're doing, am I filling in the blank in negative ways? Or am I giving them the benefit of the doubt and choosing to trust? Am I loving other people with no strings attached? Am I treating people in my life the way that God in Christ has treated me? You know, when I was 21 and Heather was 20 and we kept having those fights, the truth is we didn't have a lot of the skills or the techniques or to love each other well. But what we both did have was Jesus. And I came by it a little bit later. I, I didn't come to faith until I was 17. But we both had Jesus, and so we both had this conviction right at the core of our being that even if I don't know how, it is my job to love this other person and to put them first. And so today, yeah, I mean, I, we're better at loving each other. But we got through that first year because Jesus was at the center of our relationship. And I want to leave you with this encouragement. Maybe, maybe you grew up a little wounded because you lived through such unhealthy relationships in your family of origin. I know it's hard. But when Jesus is in your life, your past is not your future anymore. What you lived through does not determine where you're going. God determines that because he has plans for you, he has a hope for you, and he has a future for you. And with Jesus at the center of your relationships, change is possible and healthy relationships are possible. Now, if you're, if you're wondering about a concrete way to practice this in your life, I wanna invite you to join a community group at Renewal Church. In a couple weeks on the 27th, we're gonna launch groups and you can sign up for that just to get info on it by texting the word groups back after you check in. And we'll just give you the details on that so you can learn some more about it. And you can test drive a group for six weeks, make sure that the people aren't like super weirdos or something like that. And you can find some people where you can learn to live out healthy relationships and love other people well. I do that. I wanna encourage you if you do that, it's transformative for you too. But I really believe with God in your relationships, change is possible. Well, if you would, why don't you go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes with me. We're going to end in prayer. And I want to talk specifically to those of you who realize that there's a void in your soul where God should be. And your relationships have been hard because you've been missing God in your life. I'm going to lead a prayer to ask Jesus to be your forgiver and your leader. And maybe you need to make this your prayer today. Let's pray. God, I need your help in my relationships. I know that a lot of the reason they're broken is me. I'm a sinner, and I need your help, but I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus to be the forgiver of my sins. And I believe that he died on that cross and rose again, and so I want him to be the leader of my life. I want to live in my relationships the way that Jesus would if he were here. God, would you come into my life and save me? give me freedom and hope and a promise of heaven. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now listen, if you prayed that prayer to start a relationship with God today, your next step is to be baptized. You need to plunge your past. In the Bible, the way that people always, the way that you respond to God is through baptism, to go public with your faith and to wash away your past. So you can text the word baptism after you check in and we'll get you the info on that. If you have any questions, we can talk about that personally and make that happen. All right, hey, hope to see you guys next week as we continue relationship status. We have a 930 service and you would do us a favor if you were able to come to the early one. So if you're able to do that, go ahead and do that. To end today, I'm gonna turn it back to Judith. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have not done so already, please make sure you check in. This is the part of the service when we generally give together. You have been such a generous church and I wanna thank you personally for giving to Renewal. Your gifts have been able to impact both locally and internationally. I also wanna remind you that Next Steps is happening right after this service. So even if you haven't registered or anything, just head over to the Orange Tent and meet up with Nicole. We are definitely ready to have you. And finally, I hope that you guys have a great week and then you will join us next week as well as we continue our, ser our sermon series on relationship status. As we, dive deeper into, uh, in deep, as we dive deeper into singleness, marriage, and toxic relationships. Again, have a great week.